0: As you settle down in front of the TV for the night, you begin arranging your various snacks and drinks as you know you'll want them for later. Your mind then gets set on finding the right TV show to watch, so the endless channel flipping begins. Click. Nope. Click. Nah. Click. Hmm. You finally settle on a rerun of a cartoon that was your favorite as a child, thinking maybe you'll see it differently now. Finally, you lean in completely back to the couch and lift the seemingly harmless roll of paper to your lips, flick your lighter on, and inhale that sweet, sweet smoke. Cannabis, marijuana, weed, devil's lettuce, Mary Jane, grass, whichever you decide to call it has been a part of society for more than 3,000 years. It has uses that are varied between spiritual and medicinal, though. I'm sure our ancestors decided to use it for fun. I mean, they were human after all. My name is Emeril, and today I'm exploring just a small part of the history that surrounds cannabis and its relationship with spirituality. As of 2018, the state with the highest marketing size was sunny California, followed then by New York and then Washington State, according to statistics from AmericanMarijuana.org. It's no surprise that the stigma around cannabis is starting to finally drop away and the true medical benefits from this magical herb are being brought back to the light again. Though our ancestors knew the power of cannabis. For those unfamiliar, I'll give you a quick summary. You may be wondering, I thought people just bought weed and smoked it. Well, not really. Most people are typically familiar with only two parts of the plant. The iconic pointed leaf and the flower that they use to smoke. There's more to, the, to it than that, though. Cannabis is a science, as a real art form when it comes to growing various strains. There are two main types that people look for when buying. Is it sativa? Or is it indica? Sativa is typically known as the upper, or the strain that gives you more energy, while indica is known more as the strain that relaxes your muscles and give you what's called couch lock. That's where basically your limbs feel so weighted you're unable to really move now. Bear in mind, these are very simplified explanations as it goes much more into it than that. Now that being said, everyone has different reactions to those strains. I know at least two people where the effects are the opposite. There are strains that also are sativa and indica hybrids, but that would require a deeper explanation, and I know you guys are here for more than- for more the stories and history that I find than this. One of the earliest bits of evidence that has been found showing cannabis as a sacred herb was in China. The remains of a man that appeared to have come from a nomadic Indo-European tribe, and on him was, they found, 789 grams of weed. The remains were approximately 27 years old, but the interesting part was how well preserved the cannabis was as they were able to actually confirm presence of THC in the leaves. Now, for those who are unfamiliar, THC is one of the co- compounds in cannabis, but again, I'm not here for the real science explanations as I'm not an expert. From there, as we progressed through the years, the medical properties became so well known, they were now included in a book called The Divine Farmer's Classic of Materia Medica Remember this book. We'll come back to it a little later on. Moving through different religions, it's interesting to see how cannabis was used amongst them. Within Hindu, and please forgive my pronunciations, I mean no disrespect, the Atharva Veda cannabis became listed as one of the five sacred plants within this text. Migrating to Middle Eastern and the Zo- Zoastrians, They had a sacred text called Avesta, where it was mentioned as a good narcotic. With the Assyrians, there are also references in books as early as the 7th century BC that talks about it being used as an incense. There are even those that contest that the Bible even has featured cannabis within its text, specifically being associated with King Solomon. He was a man described as very wise and knowledgeable. There are even reports that the plant was found growing on his grave years after he was buried. Through the centuries, it has been proven time and time again that the medicinal properties of cannabis outweigh the risk. But again, one should still be careful. It ha- it has also been shown to be associated with spirit- spiritualism. Remember that book I told you about a couple minutes ago? Well. This Materia Medica includes, with medicinal uses, that it may cause one to see ghosts. There's also another book from the 16th century, The Compendium of Materia Medica, that also recommends that people seeking ghosts to use cannabis. This last story I have brings us full circle from the past into the present. A house built for a prominent businessman Joseph Cresswell, and his family back in 1889 that has a bit of a sordid past. Located in the historic city of Denver, Colorado, the sandstone home sits on what's known what was known as Millionaire's Row back in the late 1800s, and displays beautiful carvings of various floral designs as well as some fish and Greco-Roman imagery. I'm sure you're not here for hearing what the house looks like, though, so I'll move along on the story. However, I just need to mention one more little adornment. This home has a gargoyle, though that's not what others have seen. According to one of the tour-goers for the building, they stated clearly that it resembled Satan himself, which may explain what the property manager has to say about the place. Reportedly, Tenants feel unpleasant feelings of being watched, and when I say unpleasant, what he actually said was that the feelings were one of malevolent intent. Right now, some of you may be thinking, why am I talking about this home? What does this have to do with tonight's topic other than being paranormal? Well, allow your patience to be rewarded. The building I'm talking about is called Cresswell Mansion. At least, that's its historic name. Today, if you went there, it would be known as Marijuana Mansion. The new tenants moved in the building in 2013, and they were law firm of Vicente Sederberg LLP. They were the people who helped write the proposal that became the Amendment 64, which would legalize the recreational use of cannabis for the state of Colorado. And it's what inspired the new nickname of Marijuana Mansion. Later, the National Cannabis Industry Association moved in as well. Interestingly enough, remember those malevolent feelings I said people got? Well, according to Sederberg, in an article found on Westward, he said he felt the house was welcoming, and rather than the feelings of foreboding. However, they eventually outgrew the building and unfortunately left, but in 2019, The mansion found new loving owners who renovated it, and the carriage house located out back. That then became licensed to be a dispensary. It appears that the ghosts are still just as active in the house, and the various employees have continued to have experiences to this day. Thank you so much for joining me on another exploration of our world. Next week, we'll go back to our previous themes. be prepared to get a little wet again as we revisit the mysterious alien world on our planet that is the ocean follow me on instagram at amuriel podcast and sources for this episode will be listed in the description if you like this podcast consider leaving a comment i hope you'll come back and join me next week until then safe exploring everyone